Spectrum is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Before a new idea can become a way of thinking, before one detail can flip the narrative, before anything that matters can change the world, it must, above all, be known. The duty of the Scripps College of Communication is to bring forth the people who bring forth the knowledge, by word or image or data stream and in every medium and by all means, they succeed. They say, make it loud, make it clear, make it known. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics that are important to our lives. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policymakers, activists, scientists, innovators, and some people who just have fascinating stories. Today's guest is a journalist, former sports reporter, and now he's a morning talk show host in Columbus, Ohio. Matt Barnes, a native of Columbus, has had a fast-rising career in broadcasting. He combines sound journalistic skills with a winning personality to be a very popular favorite. But instead of seeking the limelight in bigger markets, he loves doing meaningful work in his hometown. Matt, your your career has been fast-moving, to, to say the least. Uh, you graduated from Ohio University in what, 2010? 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you've been out 14 years already, huh? Yeah, time flies. <laughs> <laughs> but you you went uh, directly from here to Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, Augusta, uh, Georgia. W what? R- RDW? That's right. Yeah. We, uh, it, you know, you always got that advice. Don't take the first job that was offered to you. And then that was the first job that was offered to me. And I said yes and jumped at the opportunity. Because you had interned at Channel 4 in Columbus, WCMH. I you did. You had interned there while you were in, in college. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't get an offer there, didn't look there, did, they didn't have an opening there. Why? Why did you... Opt for Augusta right out of the gate. It's funny because, you know, times have definitely changed in the last 14 years where when you leave college, getting a job in Columbus wasn't be feasible. You had to have a small market job or uh, at least maybe start a different role, not on air, before you could get a job in a market like Columbus. So it was it was never even a thought. It was always something that I thought was preached to me here at you know, WUB and that, you know, go somewhere smaller, learn your, you know, learn and then move your way up. And I was fine with that, you know, talking to the amount of alums here who had started at smaller markets and hearing their wonderful experiences. I was ready for that challenge. And uh, Augusta George, like I said, was the first one to call me and I jumped at the opportunity. Now, when you were there, you did sports, correct? I did. I was the, the weekend sports anchor there. And I will say one of the cool things is when you're in Augusta, Georgia, you know you're going to cover the Masters. So, yeah. you know, you, you at least knew for that one week we were going to be the center of the sports world. So that, that was an easy hook. 
what other things did you cover though? In, yeah, uh, Georgia football, Georgia Tech. Yep, uh, went to a couple of Georgia football games. Uh, Clemson, not Clemson. Uh, University of South Carolina is not too far either. Up there in Columbia, South Carolina, and then you the periphery of Georgia Tech and Clemson. Um, and then a lot of the Division two schools we had there, your uh, Augusta State at the time and University of South Carolina Aiken. So those are your bigger schools. And then obviously the high school scene was very important down there. And uh, it was just such a great transition from covering the sports we covered down here uh, in Athens to there because it still had that very – local regional feel and not this big school feel uh, so it didn't didn't feel too different than what I was doing and it, when you were down there you stayed there how many years Is it two years two years mm-hmm. uh, and in those two years what did you learn uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I know that's hard to characterize but mm-hmm. you know give me the top couple of things that that being in the business and being in that kind of market where you're sort of a big guy in a small pond, uh, what all did you learn? Yeah, you know, you learned how to tell a good story. And, you know, you learned that in college as well. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you really learn what – because I was out of my element. I, I'm not from the South, obviously, and you know, but you learn what they care about. And so you learn how to tell stories that matter to the people that you're covering. Uh, I, I learned how – you know, what Southeast Ohio cared about and what Central Ohio cared about growing from there. But you you get to know the community, find out what's important to them um, and, you know, being, being a member of the community as well. Uh, and so that's all very important for the job that we do in local television is you have to tell stories that matter to the people you're covering uh, and that are watching you. So learning how to tell a good story, uh, learning how to make mistakes, learning, you know, and then learning from them. Uh, you you can't make too many mistakes, obviously, because now you're getting paid. There's, you know there are, there are legit dollars that are behind uh, every mistake you make that that could you know really harm the station, could harm their reputation. But at the same time, being willing to kind of push the envelope a little bit with your creativity, um, with some editing, uh, things like that, it was fun to be able to kind of be somewhat a younger person inside that station and and try some new things, uh, whether it's in scripting or in editing or in um, some shooting, some photography things, and and see what worked and what doesn't work. And, and, you know, get some constructive criticism from your bosses and, you know, figure out, you know, the best way to do things. And, you know, whether it's being efficient or, uh, you know, just being creative. I, I loved that. I loved being able to get a little bit more of that leeway in my first show. It was the first time probably, that you had to truly be concerned about audience. Oh, 100%. And, and audience receptiveness and, it, and audience's boundaries, uh, correct? I yeah. mean, that's something that, that it, in college you're learning a craft. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a commercial market, it's dollars and cents. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the audience thing. I remember getting that first email from someone who didn't like the way I said something or did something. And I had never gotten that here. <laughs> you know, you know, you know it, it was it always came from maybe a, a colleague or, uh, but there was no there was no email address that someone could find my email, you know, uh, and and tell me if they liked me or not. Oh, uh, they 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 found it quickly in Augusta because it's right there on the website. And you know, you got the same ones that said they do like you as well. But th- that first one uh, was rough, and you know, you're thinking, man, you know, did it, what did I do something wrong? But then you remember. People come from all different cloths and, you know, they're having a good day, a bad day. And you just have to kind of brush it off. And I think those those first two years, even those first six months, I learned quickly. 
all right, you're not going to you're not going to appease everyone. You're not going to please everyone. You just kind of have to do your job and do it well. That was good. That was good to learn. Yes. You had to do the job as you thought it should be done mm-hmm. uh, without pandering. Correct. Yeah, you can't. You can't, you can't pander to, you know, for instance, I I made it a point to say I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I was an Ohio State fan um, when, you know, I'm in the middle of SEC country, yes. for instance. And, <laughs> and that, that's not obviously very welcome down there. But I have to be myself. I can't go down there and, and you know, act like someone I'm not. But being from central Ohio, going to school at Ohio University, interning at central Ohio at Channel 4, um, going to Augusta as as a young black man, did you feel alien? A little bit because it's weird because obviously there, there are plenty of black people in Georgia. Um, Augusta is a little bit – not as diverse as maybe some other, like Atlanta, for instance, um, but it was different for sure. I mean, but I will say at least coming to Athens first helped. You know, I was kind of used to that here. Um, but down there, you know, you should never know. Uh, you, you've heard stories about how you'll get treated in the South. Did I have the inward said to me one time when I was there? Yes. And it threw it threw me off um, because you didn't know if it was the norm or if it was, you know, uh, yeah, a one-time thing. It, it didn't end up being a one-time thing, but you just never know. Uh, so yeah, you you lay in bed at night going, "Where am I?" Correct, right? exactly, and just in general. I mean, everything's a little slower in the south, and and, and you know, I, I honestly don't know if I ever said the word "y'all" until I went down there, and all of a sudden became part of my lexicon, and uh, and just there are just different traditions and culture thing, you know, that you had to learn. And I was okay with that. I think it was important for me to to better under to be a better you know, to get a better worldview, frankly, to go to somewhere that was completely different than where I had been for the last, you know, 21 you, years. You had to adjust and, and uh, in in so many ways, I, I'm sure. Exactly. I mean, everything from, you know, the way people act to the politics are different down there. You know, we talk about how... What's offensive is exactly. different. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's still like the Bible Belt down there, too. So you found out, you know, how important religion is down there and how, you know, people act toward each other when it comes to that and things like So there's so much to learn. Uh, and I, I loved learning it because that, that, that has treated me well in so many uh, other stories I've been able to tell, even back in Central Ohio, because you just have that better worldview of, of how people see things differently. As, as a young black man, as a reporter, in, in that environment, did you feel that you had to hold yourself to a higher standard, a different standard? Uh, did that play in your mind at all? It does. It does. I mean, it, it goes into you don't want to – I was always told don't go into a job and, and try to speak some of the, you know, the quote-unquote black lingo and things like that. Uh, always try to find that middle ground. Um, and, 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 you know, I was never – grown up that way either anyway but you just you always wanted to just you, you wanted to play to that you could be loved and respected by everybody uh and so you didn't want to just cater to one um one group or uh one culture or anything like that without and, but, changing yourself correct exactly your your core exactly yeah but you know if i'm going to frankly it's still sports i'm if I'm going to ad lib a, a rap lyric that I think is funny at the time, I'm going to still do it. And you know, if someone doesn't understand it or like it, that's just who it is. You know how it is, but uh, that's just that's just me. So most sure. young broadcast journalists um, live with a suitcase packed in their back seat, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense mm-hmm. that they're someplace for a year, two, like you were at Augusta, they're onto someplace yeah. else. 
they're then on to someplace else, yeah. especially in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't follow that trend. Uh, you you came back to Columbus in what twenty ten? Yeah, but that wasn't uh, the plan. <laughs> uh, talk about that and how that sort of came about. So, at the end of two thousand nine, um, the day after Christmas, the sports director at Channel Four, who I interned under, Jared Smalley, he <laughs> called me and he said, "Hey, the uh, weekend sports anchor resigned." I said, "What?" And there were the circumstances behind it that he told me. And he said, just int- wonder if you're interested for the job. I said, uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I'm interested. I ran back <clears throat> to our station. Um, it was there to about 3 a.m., putting a reel together to get to Columbus as soon as possible. And it was, it was amazing um, because the opportunity was there. But would I get it? Because I still have to convince the news director that I'm capable. I'm 22 years old. That's a little early to be jumping to market 34. It took six months for him to finally hire me, for me to convince him that I was a capable and able to do that job. But I, I mean, I was fully ready to go to market 70, market 50, be encompassed by 30 years old. That's kind of just the life plan I put in, in front of me. And just between the connection I had with Jared, the sports director, his comfortability with me because I was constantly contacting him, having him look at my reel um, – it just worked out, and I, I mean, could not have been any more fortunate. That, that that's the the beauty for people who don't know this industry. That's the beauty of internships. Yeah, you you make connections, mm-hmm. and you continue to have sort of those mentor mentee yeah. relationships till something comes about. Yeah, and and so much of this business is networking, and and you know, I, frankly, I met Jared when I was. When he came here to talk to OU students, and that's when I approached him and said, hey, I really need an internship. It was me with junior year. I was coming up against it. I just kind of kept putting it off. And he said, absolutely. And, I mean, that chance meeting here led to the internship, which led to the job that came open and him contacting me first before anyone. I mean, he literally saw the resignation letter, and he called me immediately. So you go back to Columbus, your hometown, Mm -hmm. uh, WCMH. uh, Channel Four, an NBC uh, affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, you do sports. Uh, you, people see you on the weekends. <laughs> um, feel good. Feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I felt very comfortable. And that was the best part. Is that when you walk into a city that you know, teams that you cover, um, and you love. I've been a you know, Blue Jackets fan, a Buckeye fan, uh, Bobcat fan, uh, Crew fan. All those, all those sports teams I know. I could not have felt more comfortable. With that said, felt a ton of pressure because all my family was watching. All my friends were watching. Uh, kids I went to school with were watching. And I knew if I made one mistake, I had 10 texts immediately saying, oh, you screwed up. And uh, But I loved that. You know, I loved being able to cover uh, programs that I've been a fan of and had great history with. Uh, that helps a lot. And then being able to cover my high school and rival high schools and things like that, it, it – it was everything that I did not get in Georgia for the first six months in terms of being comfortable. Day one, I was ready. To, I was felt like I was ready to go because I knew the material, which was good, even and if there was a lot of pressure on it. How long did you stay with sports? So I did that for six years, and just covered so many cool things, which is why I felt comfortable stepping away from it because I didn't think in those six years I'd be able to cover the breadth of sports, you know, uh, sports scenes that I did. I mean, I, everything from a Super Bowl to 
uh, a Final Four to a national championship in college football. It was fascinating to think I was able to see all that in just six years. So in uh, 2016, uh, you took over as being the morning co-anchor of the uh, local version of today, yeah. <laughs> NBC4 Today. Um, how, why did you make that move? Um, what did you consider – what were your considerations in making that move to your overall career plans? So if you would have told me in college I was ever going to do news, I would have said you're crazy. I, I thought news was so boring, depressing, sad. And I, I just, that's, not, that's not me. I, I love to smile. I love to be energetic, happy. And it just didn't feel right. But what I started to notice is that the morning news kind of catered toward a more positive, optimistic outlook that you can have. Even as you give the bad news, don't get me wrong, you still have to tell people what's going on in the world. But People don't want to be depressed. Correct. They're you, getting out of bed. Correct. So the whole tone of the show yeah. is a little lighter. It's a, it's a mix of yep. perhaps some heavy stuff with some lifestyle kinds of things, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're previewing – you're getting people ready for their day and you want to preview what's happening. And you know, you know, we can't preview death and destruction, but we can preview – an event that's happening. We can't preview something in the community that may be going on, uh, a big vote that's happening. Uh, obviously, the weather and the traffic is so important, too. So it, it allowed times of levity, some ad-libbing in there, some personality that the evening news doesn't always give off. And I guess in my mind, I was always thinking I wouldn't do news, the evening news. By the time I started thinking the morning news, and I, I tried it out for a week because my boss wanted to give, give it a look, I found myself really enjoying it. And it still allowed me to have that that sports experience I had and being able to ad lib and show my personality as well as kind of challenge me. And frankly, I was looking for a new challenge um, because eight years of sports was fun, but I, I you start to get into a rhythm. Yeah. That it, rhythm it, was getting it, a little stale. Did I do this yesterday? Exactly. Or, yeah. <laughs> am yeah, I well, doing it fresh yeah, today? Because yeah. frankly, every year Ohio State's going to start a football game and at the end of the season, they're going to end. You know, I mean, yeah. So you know, it, it became the same thing over and over after a while. Yeah. Well, with morning, that's certainly not the case. No. But but also with morning local programming, uh, there has to be a camaraderie. There has mm. to be a chemistry that you don't get in the evening news necessarily. Correct. You know, you know, it, you're not only relating to the audience, but you're relating to a co-host mm. or, or a number of other people, whether it's weather or traffic or Exactly. I mean, we're, we're on the air from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. So if I don't like the people I'm working with, you're going to know. Because for two reasons. One, that's three hours. That's a long time to fake it. Uh, but two, I'm not awake enough to fake it. <laughs> I just don't have, you know, it's, I, I'm just trying to wake myself up, let alone uh, trying to then put on an act. So you know, Some people still think that if you're on from 4 to 7, that you walk in about 345. <laughs> yeah. And, and you mm. know – Get a little makeup, sit down, mm -hmm. and and take off. Yeah, uh, you get there. What about two thirty? Yeah, exactly. And you have to, and, and then you're read, you're reading scripts immediately. You know, you're reading, you're rewriting, uh, editing, whatever you want to do, um, and it, because you know you can plan as much as you can for the day before, you know. But obviously, it's news. It's it's the world. I mean, things are going to change between when I leave work at noon to when I come back in the next morning. Um, and so you try to keep up with what's happening during the, you know, during the day. Um, and, but uh, you know, overnight things happen. And then, you know, we're trying to decide, do we have a reporter live here, a reporter live there? Uh, is it worth calling this breaking news or not? So 
so many so many different things can happen and so many different decisions need to be made right before that 4 a.m. show begins. I was going to say, when do you make the, the rundown? When do you make the decision? So, in part the day before and then – uh, you alter it or slide in new things that morning, or the the rundown is honestly going to be made overnight. And you know the producers, we trust them to come up with the rundown. We have an idea of what story we want to have the reporter live on the next day. You know, look at our our our, our planner and see what that. But again, if there is a big shooting overnight or uh, something huge happened, we're going to change that plan immediately. Um, and and. Again, that's the fun of it, and that, that's what I wasn't getting with sports. Sometimes, you know, you know, again, a baseball game's going to happen, a team's going to win or lose, and you move on. It's spontaneity, absolutely, and and that's it. it gives me a, a whole adrenaline boost that I didn't really have, in, you know, when I was doing doing sports, and I, I love that waking up every morning, and the whole tone of the show can change each and every morning because of the news that's happening of the day. You're on for three hours live, <laughs> live five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um. Live television, still the rush that mm-hmm. it always was, that you, you, there's no room for air. But <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Yeah, absolutely is. I, I, I enjoy every second of it. You know, there, there's just something to be said when it's live and you can't make that mistake. And, you know, if, if Proctor you, jams, you got to keep going. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, 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 and that's okay. And I, you know, you know, you make that mistake at 4 a.m., you know, you get another opportunity at 5 a.m., you know, to say that, do that story. Or, you know, I always, I always laugh because, you know, if we, we may have, I think it's 12 to 15 traffic and weather tosses. How do I make each one of them different? How do I make each one of them more fun? Or, and, you know, and that, that's a challenge. And I appreciate that, that you don't want to just say the same thing over and over again. Because someone is probably watching for a half hour. They don't want to see you say the same thing over and over. Um, yeah, radio audiences turn over about every 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. How, how often does yours turn over? So we've heard – the study that we've heard is between 20 and 25 – and then with that said, how many of them are actually watching, we don't know. Because so many people it's are It's on as they're making coffee, correct. getting the kids ready for school. Exactly. So whatever. that's why what you say matters. Uh, so if you say take a look at the screen, it better be for something that they really need to take a look at the screen for. That might be because cops are looking for somebody or you have this great video of a wildfire or you know this funny story of an animal doing something crazy. You want people to watch and catch their attention. But beyond that, <clears throat> it's just what you say because they may only be listening. And so that is why our scripting matters so much. Our, when we do ad lib, we want to make and show our personality, make it worth their time. Because if you're just ad libbing about your day and, and no one cares about your day if it starts rambling onto a story, make it relevant, make it funny, make it interesting. So that way they're still, you know, they still want to keep you on. So it's a different skill set than sports. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it it, it one hundred percent is. It, but it, there it's not who won or lost, or it's not no. the it's not the gamer. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 spontaneous. Uh, it it's scripted, but spontaneous as well. Yep. And people have to like you. Yeah. The, the only I know I have to like the sports report. No, you don't, because you're you're strictly just giving the highlights and then moving on. The, right. spo- the spontaneity for sports is just you don't know who's going to win or lose you know that that's but that's sports in of itself that's the the nature of sports but the actual highlights are we've already seen them we know what yeah. they are um but yes the actual news part it's completely spontaneous um and then you just and what i love is that you know at 4 a.m we have our whole show planned out and then 5 a.m something big happens and then we're changing it all over again you know you know the queen of england dies in the middle of a show that that changes everything and now we have to re Restacking the show, and we're trying to you know move things left and right. And again, that 
it, it sounds crazy on the outside, but on the inside, we're calm, cool, collected, just trying to find a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, as long as we on the desk look like we're calm, cool, and collected, everyone thinks we just we, we knew what we were doing from the jump, and we didn't. <laughs> so you're, what, 33 now? Uh, ooh, I wish. Uh, 36. 36. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what's next? Or do you know? I don't know, but I, if it were up to me, I'd, I'd be very happy staying in Columbus. I've had job offers in New York, Atlanta, and Tampa and turned them all down because I really, really I, – I love the city of Columbus. I love Central Ohio. I love the future of what it could be. Um, you know, they just the, – the news of Intel coming, uh, it's just more reason to me to think that that's, that region is growing and thriving. Uh, I, I love what they've done with – the downtown area and some other areas as well that make it fun for someone who's in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s to raise a family, have a good time. Um, it, it's just hard to leave. My family's there too. Um, never say never to any opportunity, obviously. I listen to all, but I'm very, very happy with where I am. So what is it about Columbus and central Ohio that keeps people – in broadcast television, local broadcast television, longer than in almost any city I've come across. I mean, you look across the network stations, whether it's Fox or ABC or NBC, where you are, or CBS, there are people that have been there for decades in in both weather and News, sports. I <laughs> yeah. mean, cross the board. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, and we've had radio personalities, same thing. Um, it's. I think part of it is that, and I've always called it what I think it's, I always call Columbus what I think is an opportunity city where if you come there, there's an opportunity for you to do many different things. You can start your own business. You can uh, get involved in an organization. Uh, I think it's one of the most giving regions out there. I mean, there is a different event uh, that benefits a charity organization every weekend, and it is it is supported like no other each and every time. Uh, each and every year that the fundraising record broke. Uh, you can see the development that's happening, whether it is Intel or uh, the way these medical centers are growing or uh, these different you know, different companies like Amazon are bringing in distribution warehouses or whatever it may be, and the diversity of the cities too. I mean, it from when I grew up there and it was you know pretty much just black and white, but now there's a big Somali community there. There's a big Hispanic community showing up there. Uh, and And they're not just in one part of the city. They're kind of in different pockets that you kind of you're forced to get to know all of them, and you become this one inclusive community. You know, it's been known as the San Francisco of the Midwest, so it's very LGBTQ friendly as well. So, I think with all of that said, it's hard to not find your way there because there's you have a community there that is for you and with you, uh, and then there's a good chance that you're going to be able to learn about the rest of the world and the rest of the, you know, um, all these different cultures because of the diversity there. There's more, it seems to me, I could be wrong, but it seems to me that there's more diversity among the news and sports staffs mm-hmm. and local news in Columbus than you would see, for example, Indianapolis or, or, or other comparable and, 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 I, and I think that's very true because I think that's what the community was calling for. Uh, so many times the community says, you know, they want to see themselves in the news. They want to see themselves on TV. And I think all three stations understood that. They said, all right, we, we need to step our games up. And I think in the last 10, 15 years, I mean, I've been there for 12, uh, each station has made a conscious effort to 
let the community know that we see you and that you know we're gonna we need to find people that look like you also on the news and it helps in the stories we tell when you have that different uh, diversity and backgrounds and cultures uh, we we can tell different stories that way and better stories um, uh, more conscientious stories about uh, what these communities are going through uh, and will go through and, and how it affects different people in different ways. You also still have some uh, older role models uh, there, I assume, uh, that you've learned a lot from, say, Colleen Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, who's an attorney and a broadcaster <laughs> and, and very good at what she what she does. Absolutely. I mean, she is – she's the gold standard in my mind. I mean, whenever she does decide to retire, which we hope is never, um, <laughs> she's the guiding light of our station. And that's because of just the local knowledge, the the, the – the tenacity she has toward every story she takes. She's our political leader as well. So um, I'm kind of her her trainee right now. As she kind I, of I saw that you notice that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's uh, she's she she has me kind of learning learning the ropes in that world. world. Not, I, she always knew I have a great love of politics. I I'm always invested and interested in it. Politics and sports not too much different. No, exactly right. <laughs> So so true, and and so she knew I had that in in me, and so she's like, all right, well then let's let's get you involved, and and learning from her about you know the way to just attack um, these different issues and things like that. You know, you, there's one thing about asking a coach a tough question. There's another thing asking a politician a tougher a tough question, and, and, but being fair at the same time. And so uh, it, it is something I'm definitely learning. Even at you know 36, you're learning every day, and learning from someone like her, what a coup! I mean, come on, it can't doesn't get better than that. Part of your job is to be the public face of a station, uh, both on air and off. Uh, But you've seemed to to have gone above and beyond that a bit with your involvement with certain organizations, the Ronald McDonald House, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters. You were Big Brother of the Year. Um, How much of that is personal and how much of that is – Corporate driven. Yeah, um, I'm sure some of it is corporate driven, and prof- you know, you want it, every station. I think wants their their front facing people to get out in the community and, and be involved. But for me, it's just being from being from Central Ohio and knowing that if I have some kind of platform like I do right now to make a difference, I'm going to do it. Uh, and most of mine, you'll notice, are catered around kids and youth because I think, I mean, I think I know they're the future, um, and I can see some of myself in them. Uh, you know, like the Ronald McDonald House, I remember the first time I walked in and just seeing, you know, these sick kids going through what they're going through and the parents not having to even worry a second about a place to stay, you know, clothes to wash, food to eat. It just pulls at your heartstrings and you know the difference you can make by helping raise some money and some awareness, you're going to do it. And then something like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, you know, we, we love to always complain about things that are happening in the city and how youth are doing this and that. And like, well, get involved, do something about it even if it's just mentoring one kid. Uh, and so that's why I did. I was, you know, like, This is less about how I feel it's going to look on the news. It's more about how I feel it's going to affect my city that I love and I live in. And so you know, I love the fact that I do have a platform where I can bring attention to these great organizations that are hopefully helping a lot of, uh, helping a lot of kids or getting kids out of trouble, whatever it might be, and in, you know, also raising money for diseases, things like that. Um, but yeah. I, I think I think it's our job and the platform we're in uh, as you know local news broadcasters to call attention to these great causes, call attention to the problems that are out there, and then being a part of the solution too. Not just because we can do a story about it, 
but being a part of it too because we're part of the community as well. Just sort of last area I want to talk about and that's where local news is going, mm -hmm. uh, especially local television news. Uh, you see stories from Pointer. You see stories from uh, the Pew organization, research, uh, network news, dying, uh, cable news, echo chambers, mm -hmm. uh, local news still holding its own. Um, is it because of that connection to the community that you just talked about and, and – is there a future in that? I, I hope so. Uh, I tell you, but it, we're fighting an uphill battle some days. You know, when you mentioned the echo chamber part with the, the people that can't separate, you know, their local Fox station from Fox News or local NBC from MSNBC and constantly fighting that battle, we're not them. Like, we, I, you know, I'm, I'm, go, I'm, I'm sitting in those stands with you watching the same sporting event. I'm sitting in that church pew with you. You know, I'm going to the same community organization, you know, meeting that you are. You can trust me, you know. I, 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 I feel your pain. I feel your pain, your anger, your sadness, all these things. I know your story exactly, and we're telling your story. You know, you'll notice we're not straying as far as some of these other places are. Now, as far as why they're not watching, you know, beyond the echo chamber part, it's just attention spans are so short these days. Um, people want news quickly, and that's why they go to Twitter, they go to Facebook, they go to Instagram, or. Uh, whatever means, you know, just go to a website real quick. You know, it, it drives our meteorologists nuts that people get their weather just from a iPhone weather app. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not getting the full story there. And, no. you know, that thing's not telling you everything you need to know to plan your full day. Um, and so what do we have to do? We just have to keep plugging away. We have to, you know, I think if we continue to tell really good stories that impact people, that will remind people, oh, I can't get that on Twitter. I can't get that on this and that. Uh, I have to be able to watch the news and Make it a must-watch thing. Where wow, that's a that's a story that affected me. That's a story that brought me to an emotion, brought me a certain emotion. This is a story that's changing uh, laws. You know, it's changing uh, a community. If we can continue to do that, I think we'll be okay. And and morning news, morning segments mm -hmm. like you like you uh, co-anchor. Uh, that's those ratings are going up and up compared to the. Uh, afternoon and the 11 o'clock news mm -hmm. because people need to start their day with that local connection. Correct. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People still, that is the one time where people will turn on and really look at the weather because they want to know what it's going to be for the rest of the day. They are trying to prepare their, whether it's their kids or themselves, whatever they need to do. Um, and I think they truly do want to know what happened overnight because people are, <laughs> they're so busy. They, yeah. They've honestly, they kind of forgotten what happened during the day. They're like, oh, what did happen overnight or what happened in the evening when I was getting the kids, you know, to, to sleep or uh, I had an event I had to do or, what, you know, I was doing work, whatever it might be. Um, I was worried because during the pandemic, ratings did slip overall, but especially in the mornings because people didn't, didn't have to, have go, get up didn't have to go, get to work. go to work. You know, kids were just going to remote learning and they were waking up later and things like that. I'm happy to say the ratings have definitely rebounded. People are getting back into their rhythm, uh, and we're seeing the response in you know certain stories we do that we weren't seeing two years ago. And I think also part of it is that we weren't not every story as it was during the pandemic. Eighty to ninety percent of our newscast was about COVID, and it was just COVID fatigue uh, in terms yeah. of hearing about it. All sure. you're living it. You don't want to hear about it too. Now we're back to telling more stories that. You know, feature many other issues in in the community, and uh, you know, good and bad. And I think people need to know that, and not just hear the same thing over and over. Matt, I could talk a long time, but I know you have other <laughs> things to do. So, uh, 
Thank you so much for sharing your career and and sharing some insights in local news. Anytime. You've you've been a big part of my life and 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 this and this whole venture for so long that uh, it, it's just great to be able to come back. Today's guest has been morning talk show host Matt Barnes. He talks about his career and what it means to be a major media figure in his hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Spectrum is produced by WOEB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hotz. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available through the NPR Podcast Directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast or have suggested topics for us to cover, please send me an email. You can do that at hodson at ohio.edu. That's Hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu. Have a good day, everyone.